Cowabunga dudes. Hey, this is awesome. Oh, fuck. Hey. Good to see you among the living, man. Check it out. It's the latest talent mix. Thanks, Pete. Good to see you all among the living. Welcome to the Talon Mix. Thank you for joining us wherever you are right now. We normally record these live with a chat room, and you can join our Discord server to find out how and where you can get in on that. Head to thetalonmix.show for more information. That's talonmix.show. I'm Brian, here as always with Zach. Zach, how you doing, man? Wonderful. Good to see you among the living. Good to see you among the living, my friend. Uh, we have a guest this week. You uh, you know him from the Cracked Movie Club podcast, and is the host of Cannonball, also available on Cracked. Jesse Eisman is here. Hi, Jesse. Oh, wow. Hey, guys. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. This is always a blast hanging out, hanging out with you guys, talking uh, weird, obscure <laughs> 90s and early cinema earlier. Jesse, you are the first guest of the talent mix who has escaped having to watch Smallville. So we'll we'll have to have you on again. You will have to watch an episode of Smallville. Well, Uh, I I watched the whole series in preparation, so I would appreciate it if you (laughs) asked me some questions about it. Oh, great. great. Oh, no. I have some news. We're uh, we're not talking about Smallville tonight. Um, But uh, before I get into what we are talking about, Jesse, uh, tell everybody real fast about Cannonball. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Cannonball is a series I make for Cracked.com. However, it's actually on YouTube.com slash Cracked. <laughs> it's basically a deep dive into um, the weirder aspects of some of the more some of your favorite franchises. So some of the darker corners of very uh, popular franchises, like the embarrassing stuff in various Archie comics, um, you know, pilots, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, I believe you've uh, you recently covered uh, a, a for uh, fans of Smallville uh, who do not listen to this show, but uh, you've recently covered uh, some manga adventures of Superman, where I believe Absolutely. Superman just it's it's Superman's adventures eating Japanese cuisine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is a yeah, it's an uh, uh, an illustrated mukbang basically. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, just Superman, uh, using all of his, like, you know, all of his greatest powers just to go back in time and eat his favorite meal again and like (laughs) gathering up his super pals and tricking them into, uh, eating a nice meal. It's, (laughs) and that's what's important is that Smallville is a prequel to that. That is canon within Smallville lore. (laughs) Exactly. As a guy who just watched uh, all of Smallville. Yeah. (laughs) I also love uh, State of Arizona says, could Talkville to this host an entire episode about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Jesse, you may not know this, um, uh, but the two of the stars of Smallville recently started their own Smallville mm. rewatch podcast. And I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. I'm enjoying it. Zach, I, I, we, we listen to it. We talk about it. I, I think there have been interesting insights. I think our show is better. Oh, it absolutely is. Um Again, great job by them. I think they they made the mistake of not recording an entire season before showing anyone their podcast. That's true. That's always <laughs> a good what move. You and I did. You got to record an entire season, twenty four episodes, and just have no one ever fucking hear it. And then I, you'll be really in the zone. Exactly. Um, and then and then you're ready to do a weird one. Uh, <laughs> like I said, normally normally we are here to talk about the 2000s WB slash CW television series Smallville, but we've hit a, a third uh, season three mid-season break, and we thought it would be fun to talk about 
something else. <laughs> well, the true story is that I lost a competition barely because I had mercy on you. Right. Um, guessing the Talon Mix song titles. And Talon Mix, of course, your, being the tie-in this, CD. Yes, this Swan was Man. your reward is picking a movie for me to watch and for us to recap. And so we are um, recapping the 1990 original a, a hit movie. This movie, may it was the ninth top grossing picture of... Uh, <clears throat> Well, I, I wanted to say, you said it's this is a, a weird one. I don't think this is going to be much weirder than it's our normal. <laughs> Normally, we talk about anything but Smallville for like 45 minutes before we start talking about Smallville. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. Jesse, have you watched anything good this week? Oh, uh, no, my TV's been broken. I've been reading a lot. Is that real? Are those good? real? Are no, those no, real? That's not true. No. <laughs> no, I had the opportunity today to watch. Should I say it or do you guys say it? Are we talking about Teenage no. Ninja Turtles? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Genuinely, if you've seen if you've seen anything interesting this week, aside from Teenage Ninja Turtles, uh, we do know for real talk usually for a little bit about just whatever oh, we oh, watch okay. this week. Was, I was like, this is a T-ball was... situation. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, interestingly, I did. I, I've been starting to rewatch the most recent season of uh, Stranger Things. Um, I have a weird relationship with Stranger Things. I love it and I hate it. I feel like you've always been colder on it than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but it does it does a good job of kind of world building. You know, like it, it is a cool thing to revisit if you want to feel like it's Halloween again. Um, and I think that's why I jumped back into it now. <laughs> it's Halloween again, and to and uh, modern day kids are pretending to be in the eighties. <laughs> yes, I mean modern day adults are pretending to be kids in the eighties. <laughs> You know, they I mean, let they these kids start out as adults, though. It just took a long time to make the show. Yeah. You know, what's weird. Like old Hollywood, they would have had, you know, a dozen different ways to stunt the growth of their child actors. But now they just like <laughs> all these rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have had this problem 100 years ago. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, Jesse, you actually have a, you know, going back to Cannonball. You have a great uh, uh, episode of that about some of the uh, lore and strange conspiracy theories that inspired Stranger Things. Yeah, thank you. I, I thank you for for calling it great because I thought so. It got <laughs> it got viewed by about three to four people. But uh, <laughs> YouTube's brutal, man. <laughs> YouTube is brutal. But this is one of my favorite ones to research. So the whole thing is that like. I, I, I didn't know about it, and I don't think it's well known that the Duffer brothers created Stranger Things based on an actual existing conspiracy theory um, based around Montauk on Long Island. And originally, Stranger Things was going to be called Montauk. So, like, everything that happens in Stranger Things from, like, uh, you know, the super, supernatural stuff to now, like, the time travel and all that kind of stuff is all part of this, like, decades-long conspiracy theory. So... Um, yeah, so I dug up some interviews with some of the weirder dudes who are who have been pushing this theory for decades and how they've like tied it into like MK Ultra and all these other like heavy hitter conspiracy theories. And um, basically the conceit of the episode was predicting what's going to happen on Stranger Things in the next season or two before they wrap things up. I um, haven't seen the latest season yet, so don't say anything that will spoil it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> now I know there's time travel. <laughs> well... Or is there? Or is there? Uh, it's my fault for not watching it <laughs> by now. But. Um, Zach, you've been watching anything? Yes, I watched The Empire Strikes Back. Which, you've been you've been um, really making your way through. 
Yes, I'm. I'm now have one uh, one movie left. I'll watch Return of the Jedi, and that will be all six Star Wars movies <laughs> that have ever been made. Um, Zach, do you think Empire Strikes Back is as good as it's kind of uh, perceived, or yeah, like it, it does it deserve I, its I place actually, on the mantle as the best? I actually do. I know we've talked about this many times. I know your views on Star Wars. This. The film, the say, 1977 film the, Star Wars. I'm not yes. going to say the fake title. <laughs> Star Wars, yes. And I've I've gone back and forth on which one's better, but I think they're both fucking fantastic. And I think Empire Strikes Back might be the best sequel ever made. It's so fucking good. I loved it. This time I loved it again. It's just great. Like, has anyone had more charisma ever in the history of man than Harrison Ford in those two movies? Truly not. That Truly, I don't think so. But I mean, you were already, you just brought up Wat- Watto. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that was off mic. That was going to be a contender. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, so I texted you about this, Brian, when I watched A New Hope um, <laughs> last week. And I'm way behind the curve on this one, but it was the first time I had seen the McClunky <laughs> scene. Explain McClunky real fast. <sighs> I. So George Lucas uh, frequently, when he owned the rights to these movies before he sold them to Disney for $4 billion, um, he would frequently go back and change the old movies every few years. He did it in 1997. Uh, He did it in 2004 when the DVD came out. Then he did it in 2011 when the Blu-ray came out. And every time he makes a change, people lose their shit. Star Wars fans lose their shit about it. And... Between something happened between the Blu-ray release and when a New Hope went on Disney, because they added one more fucking thing, <laughs> and it was basically the scene where Han Solo shoots Greedo, which is the most controversial changes he's made. Right. George Lucas decided we need to add one more line, which is we need to add Greedo saying McClunky as he dies. <laughs> McClunky. Which is not yeah. McClunky. If you don't watch Star Wars, McClunky doesn't have any significance that I know. It doesn't mean anything. No, it's Babel. It's alien it's never Babel. never appeared before, has it? McClunky? No. No. So it can only be trolling by George Lucas, right? <laughs> That's the only answer. That is the only explanation. How how soon until there is a Disney Plus series, mini <laughs> miniseries or otherwise, <laughs> like about the McClunky files or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I actually appreciate it because that was that scene he's changed a hundred times and everyone's always upset. And if he's just like, fuck you, I'm giving it to Disney. McClunky. <laughs> Take that. Just upper decking the toilet on, on your last day, in a, <laughs> like living in the dorms or whatever. Where do you think he got McClunky from? It was just some like word he coughed out. He's like, what's the most ridiculous sound? But that, that also play? means like George Lucas, like just fucking around does mean getting somebody into a studio booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless this like audio file was already there. He had to he's call like, someone into Skywalker Lane. <laughs> Skywalker Ranch. Well, no, he's like, look, I'm about to make $4 billion. I will give you $10,000 do- to come in here and say McClunky. Now, do you think George was there himself in the recording just now? McClunky. He's like, no, 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 McClunkier. You got to go harder on it. No, no, do believe- it worse. I don't believe you're McClunkying. <laughs> 
um, uh, anything else about Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars? It's, just, it's fantastic. I mean, I just there's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said. It's great. Sure. It's fantastic. They should make more of them. Why stop at six? <laughs> totally. They should make more. <laughs> bring back the old cast. Maybe introduce some new people. I'm sure hey. it will be great. <laughs> And if they do that, they should make a trilogy and have no plan at all for what they're going to do and just hand it off to directors that are just going to contradict the director before them until it's over. I think that yeah. would be a good plan. I think they should kind do of that. riff a little bit. Real I saw improv. <laughs> I saw uh, Jordan Peele's latest film, Nope. Oh. Uh, and my one word reviewed is Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which broke my heart. I was very excited. And actually, to be clear, it's too well made to be like, quote unquote, a bad movie. Like the, the imagery is so confident. The performances are so good. Um, the script, I think, is uh, a disparate whole bunch of ideas that don't conclude into anything sensible or interesting. Um, uh, I was very disappointed. <clears throat> I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't, I haven't seen it either. But I saw somebody on Twitter described it as, um, th- as like the movie that like describes the horror of explaining an SNL sketch to your friend, <laughs> or of somebody explaining an SNL sketch to you. Does that make sense to you, Brian? I, as a little bit, it? yeah. Okay. It's, um, I, I think I'm in the minority on it. Um, my wife did not. Uh, my wife liked it more than me, but like we like we both agreed with each other's points. You know, um, it's if if you were to watch and be like, it's great. Of like, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, it's a beautifully shot movie. Um, but man, it's and there's there are a couple of there's one sequence in particular that I would describe as haunting. Um, but just doesn't add up. I, I left with more questions than I had feelings. Uh, uh, and perhaps that's, was that not the point? Uh, no, I want to feel shit, uh, man. Not not <laughs> questions of like why did you why did you do it that way? <laughs> I that's kind of how I felt about his last one, though. Too. I ha- I'll say this: I had more fun with us. I agree that oh. us is not Get Out. Um, which Get Out is almost an unfair debut, right? Like right. it's you, woo, what a movie. Um, yeah. Us, I had a really good time with, and then I like had a little like, oh yeah, I guess that fell short in a couple places. After, nope, I was having them in the middle of it. Which isn't the time you want to have those. No, no. <laughs> There's the uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, would describe things as like the fridge door rule. Um, of if you see a movie and you enjoyed it, and then later that evening you get out of bed and you head and you look into the fridge and you then all of a sudden you go, wait a second, that movie, that thing in that movie didn't make sense. Doesn't matter. Doesn't count. I got you in the moment. Doesn't, <laughs> d- doesn't count <laughs> if you thought of it later. If I got you in the moment, <laughs> that's awesome. That's really super interesting because right? I get that sometimes. And like, yeah, like a week or two of discourse after a movie drops and like people are already finding potholes or inconsistencies or whatever. And it's not like the creators didn't know that right. those existed. It was just like, right. they knew there was a finish line and that's, that's like the doors of the theater. Right. I mean, <laughs> exactly. That's, like, that's pretty much all of Christopher Nolan's output, right? Mm. It's like, <laughs> like incredible first time experience, 
like theater experience and then like the second time or third time you're like wait wait wait, what the fuck no <laughs> right right <laughs> like everyone loved the dark knight rises when it came out i still love it but a lot of people are shitting on it now because it's like all these plot holes and it's like yeah but like it looked really cool it was <laughs> so, really fun yeah. at the time it and like fun, yeah and um but nope i didn't even get out i was so about the 45 minute mark i was like I was like into it, into it, into it, and then I'm like, ah, oh, wait, this maybe isn't <laughs> working for me. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be checking the watch during the right. movie. Right. It's like if you feel your butt fall asleep, uh, it means the movie's not doing its job. Like your your butt's gonna fall asleep, but do you feel it or not? That's the question. <laughs> right. That was yeah. Alfred Hitchcock was saying was like saying that, but like from his deathbed, everybody <laughs> thought he was just kind of losing it. <laughs> Did, come here, come here. Did your butt fall asleep? Okay, all right. You know what? Maybe let's leave it. Let's leave it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jamie in chat says Jordan Peele went to my college, and now I feel like I have to see it. I will say Jordan Peele still is like one of the most exciting filmmakers out there right now. I think seeing Nope and discussing Nope is entirely worth doing. I'm not at all saying don't see it. I'm saying it didn't work for me. Ten. Nope type movies that don't work before I will see one more fucking Marvel movie. A hundred, a million percent. It's, and I know it's so lame to criticize Marvel. It's like so five years ago. But the shit they were doing five years ago is like Citizen Kane compared to the <laughs> shit that is coming out right now. A million percent. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't really pay much attention to like all the, like the news that dropped. All I saw was like, everyone's just overwhelmed. With, like, okay, another phase. And you're going to do what the same thing over and over. Do you guys know enough about it to like hit me with like why it's annoying specifically? I it's, I I'm annoyed at um, as far as like the Marvel universe goes of like, they just feel cookie cutter at this mm-hmm. point. And um, compared to, did you see Top Gun Maverick? I did not. There are, I've seen that movie twice now uh, in theaters, and there are several moments in that movie that are uh, just like audience, like the audience just cheered, which are all moments because what was happening in the movie was exciting. And like Tom Cruise pulls one out and everyone just starts applauding because like everyone's like gripping their seats and having a really good time with this movie and Mm. absolved in the fiction of the movie. Doctor Strange 2, I think, also has, quote-unquote, several applaudi- like applause moments, and it's all because that guy was in a different movie! Yeah. Oh. He's from yeah. a comic, I know! <laughs> um, I feel like there's, like, like they, they use Easter eggs as a crutch, you know? Yes, 100%. Which is just for opening weekend, people, because it's all going to get out there anyway. Do you, right. Do you, yeah. Do you know what Secret Wars is? What the hell is that? It's I know a comic a arc, but like it's it's a comic arc. Which um, we don't talk about to, it. It's a secret. <laughs> they need to fucking pump in some X Men real quick because they are losing <laughs> right. people. Like you paid all that money for the X Men. Just just, just let's on. get some fucking X Men. <laughs> Give us what we want. Um, although Brian, you did mention Top Gun Maverick, so we are now contractually obligated to talk about Top Gun Maverick for the next twenty minutes. How good is that fucking movie? So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and my other, my last thought about Marvel is, um, it's. I think a really, really awful director's medium and film is a director's medium. It's, I think even the best of them, quote unquote, it feels like the director is going to get you McDonald's. 
So like <laughs> Taika Waititi, it's his turn to go pick up McDonald's. It's Ryan Coogler's turn to go pick up McDonald's. <laughs> like Isn't ultimately that- at the end of the day, they're just coming home with McDonald's. Isn't that what Ethan Hawke just said? That it's a good, it's Pretty a much. great, they're very actor friendly, but they're not director friendly or right. something like that. Hmm. It's just, they're very, it's the, um, all of the action scenes are directed like by the visual effects houses. So they all just sort of feel like PlayStation cutscenes. But I would say the first three phases or whatever, I, I didn't see all the movies I saw, probably 90% of them. And I would see them once and then forget about them. But I enjoyed them every time. Pretty much, with a few exceptions, but I enjoyed the experience of watching them. These last like few I've seen, ooh, <laughs> I have not enjoyed. Um, is this a good time to get into Smallville? I mean, a completely different comic book movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is a great time. Um, so what I think is interesting about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is kind of its weird fractured history. That's, of course, the movie we're talking about, um, is it is a, um, it began as a very DIY independent comic, um, that it was the, what they, they like made it kind of just for laughs. It was, uh, it was originally published by quote unquote Mirage studios, Mirage being, it was two guys in their living room in the apartment that they shared. (laughs) Um, and like one guy drew a turtle with fucking nunchucks and was like, haha, that's funny. So one guy drew another one with weapons. Uh, wasn't it like literally like the, like the, one of them was quoted as saying, we were just trying to make each other laugh. Exactly. Exactly. And like, they came up with a little story and they made a comic book. Uh, and, uh, they, I believe borrowed a thousand dollars from one of their uncles, got however many issues printed that got sold it at a local comic con. And that funded enough to get a second issue out. Um, it's like, it's, it is literally a DIY indie comic that then a, uh, a toy manufacturer or a, an agent was like, Oh, I think we can get a toy deal on these. And they were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, which ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> the, the toy obviously was a huge success. Uh, the, the cartoon was to sell the toys. Cause that was a thing of like, there was a Reagan era thing that, I, I think is a reasonable uh, uh, issuing of like, hey, you can't throw all of these advertisements during kids like children's programming, uh, which turned into, um, okay, what if we made the cartoon the commercial? <laughs> and in between, we'll sell them sugar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- you can't sell them toys, but you can sell them sugar as much <laughs> as people right. want. Um, but the the Ninja Turtles cartoon was a 22 minute commercial for action figures, um, which was the bulk of the business. Um, so uh, eventually, this movie comes along, um, and it is an independent production, and it's sort of a uh, Eastman and Laird, the creators of the Ninja Turtles, are involved in it, and it sort of splits the difference. It takes sort of the broad stories of the comics. Uh, turns them into a feature, but also takes some of the stuff from the cartoons, the pizza, uh, the multicolored bandanas, uh, you know, that helps you tell the turtles apart because the comics were black and white. They were just, yeah. it didn't matter. On oh, the wow. covers, they just depicted 
them all with red bandanas. Because um, once again, the comic was black and white. Um, and also, April is uh, like in the comic, she's a reporter, or in the in the show, she's a reporter. Right. She's a movie. she's a lab assistant in the comic. Right. In the comic. Yeah. Oh. Um, but um, I Ryan, where did they film this movie? Was it Toronto? Um, it's a lot of North Carolina. Oh, okay. I was like, it can't be really New York. No, it's a lot of sound. There's a couple of New York shots, um, but it's a lot of New North Carolina sound stages. Okay. I I really enjoyed the sort of the aura of like '80s New York that they that they uh, captured, which is great. But there was a couple moments when I was really just like, this is not New York, man. <laughs> Such as the climactic moment when. Spoilers, somebody falls from all of, like, three stories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we will get into that. Um, so uh, we uh, typically, on these uh, on these recaps, we run through beat by beat. Uh, we, of course, did not take our own notes. We are reading directly from the Wikipedia plot summary. Uh, I'm going to start I from the... I just want to say before we get started, Brian, I'm sorry. Uh, I told people that we were going to keep track of concussions. I gave up. <laughs> because first of all there's no way to confirm most of them but it seems like there's probably upwards of 75 concussions I, in this wow. movie so i gave up i'm sorry everybody just there's a lot of concussions <laughs> many concussions yes uh okay zero lex concussions in New York City, television reporter April O'Neill is investigating what's dubbed as a silent crime wave of everyday items and luxury items such as televisions, radios, and truckloads of equipment being stolen out from their owners' noses. I have this opening committed. To, I, I can, for the record, I've seen this movie so many fucking times that like, if you just plug a projector in my brain, I think I could will the movie onto whatever you're projecting onto. Um, but that, um, that skyline, that opening narration that did it, did it, did it, montage. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, so I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, but I had that experience when you see something that you haven't seen since like childhood. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> as soon as that opening montage, the music hit. Yes, yes. I was like, oh yeah. Because in my head, I was like, is this the one that begins with everyone eating pizza that always made me want to eat pizza? No, that's Secret of the Ooze. Yes. This one begins with the crime montage. Right. Um, yeah, which there's the, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Just immediately, it was like my, you know, like all the conservatives in my family were right. New York City is dangerous. There's crime around every corner. <laughs> it's, it, I, I will already start with like, I think I, I, I cannot objectively kind of review this movie. I just like it. I just like it a lot. I will say uh, we have initial issues here with the tone kind of being all over the fucking place with, um, there's bits where a uh, delivery driver, he's got a truck full of packages. He turns back and, oh, no, all the packages are gone. Yeah. What's the issue, Brian? There's no issue with tone. Like, the, the you know what? Actually, that feels a little bit like the way a, an actual comic or comic book might work. Because the narration true. had just said, oh, no, like delivery people all over the city are getting their shit stolen. And yeah, then this yes. guy's like, oh no, my stuff got stolen. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, it's There's a there's a lady sitting on the fire escape and then a couple of hands take her TV away. She's like, hey! <laughs> I do appreciate that 
we see that montage and then April's on the news talking about how there have been no eyewitnesses yet to all these crimes. And then she walks out of the fucking studio and sees them committing yeah. the crime. <laughs> I think it's unclear that these are that these are foot clans. These might just be your generic New York City muggers that are, of course, oh, all these over the place. Oh, imitation. These are not the real foot clans. I think, that's, impo- I think that's possible. But uh, getting into that, one night while leaving the station, April is mugged by a group of thieves. Uh, it's, I think a guy jumps down from her van and is like, nice night. Or, <laughs> no, or something like that. <laughs> Um, uh, and she gets jumped by a bunch of these guys and then boom, the light goes out. Uh, and, uh, let's see. So she is saved by unseen vigilantes. Uh, and I, I, I got it as a, I don't remember seeing this movie for the first time, but I can like, I think deep stored. There are some like. It is cool how like the Ninja Turtles at this point are a mega hit. Like the cartoon is everywhere. We're we're in Turtle Mania, and so like this movie does a really good job of like we're not going to show them to you yet. It's quick. Cool, it's a ninety yeah. minute movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but like compare especially to like the sequels that are extremely kid friendly. It's like no, you got to wait for a second. <laughs> oh no, this movie could have been phoned in, and it is most certainly not. That is in. what's most impressive about the movie. Is yeah. it shouldn't. I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm saying it's not as good as it should. It shouldn't be as good as it is. <laughs> right? No, they could have, especially for a based on a cartoon that was based on a toy that was based on a comic. Like they could have just taken the check and put something shitty out, which they eventually will do. Right, but. <laughs> This is actually people trying to make a movie that's entertaining, and they mostly succeed, in my opinion. It's uh, it's directed by Steve Barron, who is mostly known for the Take On Me video by AHA. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, we're burying the lead, though, because in that opening crime montage, we get our first glimpse of future Oscar winner Sam Rockwell. Oh, is that Sam? I know, I know he's in the movie later. Okay, I was like, you didn't know that. Oh, no, no, yeah. I know I know he's in the movie. I didn't know he's that was him the there. in the opening montage at some point. And I, I was like, wait, did I already know that he was in this? I think I did, but it was like, oh, yes, young Sam Rockwell. He is oh, in wow. this movie. I, I guess that is him. I guess. So, yeah, that would actually make them foot. So, yes, um, that also, would make April the first eyewitness. <laughs> you know who's not phoning it in? Sam Rockwell. No, bring it in. <laughs> no, he brings it. Bring it in. He I didn't realize it. that was... I didn't realize that was him, but the, but uh, the moment really stood out to me when just a generic bad guy was like, "Do you want regular cigarettes or do you want menthol?" Yes, that, <laughs> that's going places. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it is revealed that it, oh man, the scene this is so good. So we get April gets mugged. Uh, a, a, a sigh, a, a weapon, like, goes and knocks out the uh, the streetlight. And we see April, like, taking it and, like, kind of, what's this? And we see just the, we see the first glimpse of a fucking Ninja Turtle down from the uh, the sewer. And we just hear, like, an, oh, man. Your it's... sigh will cut. <laughs> uh, it is revealed that her rescuers... Uh, once again, just real good. Like they're coming around the corner. You see the shadows, and just as they're about to turn the corner, boom! Title screen. Like no, you have to wait even an <laughs> extra second. It's so good. Um, but they are, of course, four anthropomorphic turtles: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. The latter of which lost his sigh in the fray, which April discovers and takes with her. 
can, can we talk about the Ninja Turtles voices? Oh, yeah. I'm wondering how Raphael has a Brooklyn accent and <laughs> Michelangelo has a Southern California Yep, accent. yep. He's a surfer, dude. And how any of them got accents because they were just raised by a rat. <laughs> um, right, was... a rat with with like kind of a Japanese. Yeah, it, yeah, it, very much so. Yeah, uh, I don't know where. Do they do they watch TV? They, must they watch a lot oh, of TV. The there you go. Yeah, they yeah. watch TV and they just picked what voices they like. There you go. Pothole Phil. Okay, the group returns to their secret lair in the sewers, and to their master, an anthropomorphic rat named Splinter who presses the importance of being unseen. Some of Splinter's dialogue here is directly out of the original comic, TMNT number one. Oh, that's um, awesome. The um, uh, Splinter is puppeted, I, I will say, fantastic, fantastic puppetry all around. This is Jim Henson, like, uh, studios. Uh, Jim Henson yeah. would describe these as the most advanced puppets he's ever, like... The, the Splinter especially is impressive, the Splinter puppet. Yes. Yeah. That just looks like a real... Rat yes. man. Yes. Uh, if <laughs> I, mean, I saw it, that as a, I would, I, I would be like, that's a rat man. And obviously today they would do it with CGI, and they did. Right. Uh, and I got to tell you, not as convincing as the puppets. Hundred percent scenario. Um, that it, that uh, puppet is operated and voiced by Kevin Clash, uh, who would Just one guy. One guy. I don't know if there weren't assistants there, um, but primarily operated by Kevin Clash, uh, mm. who would go on to create Elmo. Um, oh, it's that is Elmo's puppeteer, uh, who would also maybe uh, be a little undone by going to Hawaii with a boy who was not eighteen. <laughs> he Elmo doesn't did? do Elmo anymore. <laughs> I kind of remember that. Yeah, is he the guy? Is he? He's the guy that's been doing it ever since. There was like a documentary on. It's oh, that God. all of that stuff came out. Shortly after that documentary, I like about Kevin Clash came out. Damn, uh, that was like people making tickle me Elmo jokes. Probably after that, right? Like, yeah, late night host making mm-hmm. a lot of that. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it uh, that all that aside, it's it's a very. But good... he was an awesome rat man. <laughs> in yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> To separate the art from the artist. It's important to separate the rat man from the man. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We we regularly talk about a show which stars a the second in command of a major sex cult. Ah. Who's currently serving time in prison. Well, so. it's thank true. you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, Raph, upset after losing his weapon, argues with Leonardo and storms out to a movie while the others enjoy takeout pizza. Uh, I'm going to have you guys riff while I go pee. <laughs> oh, all right. Dude, this is one that I that I, I so do we know what movie he saw? Did I miss that? Or he just like, oh, went yeah. to the theater? He saw Critters. Okay. The movie Critters. And he's walking out like, oh, what a piece of shit. He like comments like, that was how, what did he say? Where do they come up with this stuff or something? <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen I, Critters? I don't think I have actually. Me either. What, no. What What year is that? I guess like eighty nine or not. If this came out in ninety, was Critters like a big hit of of nineteen eighty nine? Let's see. I don't know if it was a big hit of any year, but let's see when it came <laughs> out. Yeah. 
Just knowing that, like, like Splinter's already shooting out lines from the comics. Like, now I got my eye out for some, like, meaningful Easter eggs here. Oh, so he saw Critters. That that movie came out in 86. So he saw it in, uh, he saw the the second run of Critters. Yeah, yeah. Or or just, like, a real cheapo discount theater that, like, just got the reels four years later. The ooh the uh, the original film Critters uh, received two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. Wow, what is that? Talk, I mean, talk about a nostalgia bomb, man. I mean, everything about this movie, but hearing Siskel and Ebert. Man. <laughs> Do you know what Critters is about? No. Okay, let's see. Uh, the plot follows a group of small furry aliens with carnivores. Carnivorous behavior escaping from two shape-shifting bounty hunters landing in a small countryside town to feast on its inhabitants. Why haven't we had a Critters remake yet? This sounds fantastic. <laughs> I've never yeah, Brian, seen while Critters. You were, while you were gone, we uh, the podcast has completely changed and we're talking Critters now. <laughs> Welcome to CritterCast, baby. <laughs> that was the movie Raphael was watching. Right, uh, right. To which I believe his review is, Ugh, where did I come up with this stuff? Yeah, <laughs> where did we come up with his stuff? <laughs> Sentient critters? Oh, I guess maybe that's the joke, right? Yeah, he, probably. Is he a critter? <laughs> I get it now. That's probably like the they had the rights to it, and it's the closest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's either this or like they're like, okay, we can make a joke about critters or like Howard the Duck. Um, yeah. <laughs> Samurai Pizza Cat. Stuff like Howard the Duck is uh, why this movie had a lot of trouble getting distribution. Disney turned it down despite um, despite like Ninja Turtles being Turtle Mania like everywhere. Um, everyone was worried. Like Howard the Duck tanked. Masters of the Universe tanked. Uh, so like nobody wanted this like in comic- my house. <laughs> Masters of the Universe did not tank. I've in never my house. seen it. Oh, it's. It is. Oh, you have to watch it, Brian. <laughs> Great, because it is just like just the opening scene alone steals from the credits. Steal from Superman. The style of the credits. The opening, like the music, is Star Wars. <laughs> like a Star Wars scene right off the bat. Oh, it's just. <laughs> Watch Masters of the Universe. That's the next one we're doing. Great, great. Well, <laughs> speaking of Star Wars, maybe I'll get to this if we when we hit this beat. But like. There was something about it that felt to me, I was like, they're cribbing something about Star Wars. There's something here that's welling up Star Wars in me. But then, I don't know, man, Shredder just literally says a Darth Vader line. Like, I think he literally he says, says, I am your father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Says <laughs> the line. Yeah. Yeah. Which, fine. You know, oh, earned, definitely, I guess. definitely strong Darth Vader vibes from Shredder. Big time. Um, before we move on, we were we were talking about the voices, and I, I would like to give uh, a, a quick. Uh, Michelangelo is played by uh, Rob Robbie Rist, uh, who is probably best known as Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch, uh, <laughs> the young cousin that they brought in, and is kind of the beginning of the cliche that uh, like a show brings in a youth. <laughs> Uh, yeah spice it up uh he was cousin oliver um uh donatello is of course voiced by um uh uh uh, cory feldman oh i I didn't even know that Uh, that's great yeah uh cory feldman of course stand by me and various sad youtube videos Um, (laughs) (laughs) also goonies right also Goonies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I will say I actually really like Donatello in this movie. I, I thought oh, he's, 
like he's the best one. Does machines translated to like gearhead? I think is like really good. Um, sure. And I think he's got a lot of really good lines. I actually really really like him as Donatello in this movie. Um, let's see. Corey Feldman. I, I went to Corey Feldman's birthday one year. What? Um, but only because <laughs> he threw a large party. It was like it was like a it was this big like outdoor movie viewing. And where we watched like Goonies, I think it was like a back-to-back, like Goonies and some other Corey Feldman vehicle. And also his band played. Oh uh, no, like the one that went viral? I I think so. I th- well, I he went viral for like a weird music video in like a weird like rented mansion, I think. Yeah. Um this was a little bit I think it was a little bit more rock than that one, but I also haven't watched that in a while. But anyway, technically oh. I went to Corey Feldman's birth- birthday party with like a couple hundred other people. <laughs> That's insane. But I like him, man. The more, I mean, he, I, it's it's a bummer that he's a butt of a joke because, like, he, I, I think he had it harder than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think he's had it tough, uh, is the thing, and like that makes yeah. it not fun to like make fun of him, you know? Of sure, like, yeah, it's for all the cringe. It's like he's had it hard, man. Yeah. Now I feel bad too about making jokes about stunting the growth of child actors because, <laughs> in many ways, that was certainly happening That's in the seventies and eighties. Absolutely. Um, but moving on to Ninja Turtles, uh, 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 Brian Tachi is the voice of Leonardo. Uh, he was in Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy. Uh, Ooh. and then, um, let's see, what's his name? Josh Pies, uh, is Raphael. He is the only one that was both the voice and the man in the suit. Hmm. Um, all of the uh, people who were in the suits appear in the movie, and I will point them out as we get to them. <laughs> That's awesome. I love this movie so much now. I just uh, liked it, but it, they do some really cool... like. It is a labor of love, I think. <laughs> and I think the, the labor of love elements make up for any sort of weaknesses otherwise. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, the um, so to that point... Uh, the, uh, pizza delivery guy, uh, uh, I gotta get another route and I thought I delivered everywhere. That's the guy in the Michelangelo suit, not the voice, cool. but that's the guy who operated. The, um, the suit. by the way, they don't tip that fucking guy. No, they do not. That. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked I up. get he was, he was late. And so the price is lower, but you could still throw a few bucks that guy's away. hundred percent. hundred percent. Something, something you don't learn when you're raised in the sewer, I guess. <laughs> Um, can I chat if there's anyone still listening? Just let us know if you've seen this movie or have any uh, like experience with Ninja Turtles at all. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm also curious. Um, okay. Uh, afterward. So uh, uh, Raphael has stormed out. Um, and uh, let's see. He uh, encounters a hockey-masked vigilante named Casey Jones, accosting a pair of bag snatchers in the park, and intervenes due to Casey's more violent methods. Uh, this is straight out of the comic, uh, Raphael number one. Uh, it's basically Raphael gets into a fight with Michelangelo and Casey Jones is kind of meant to be an example of like what'll happen to Raphael if he doesn't get his shit together. Ah. Uh, cause, cause Casey goes too extreme, but here's the thing. Casey Jones is cool. So they kept him yeah. around. <laughs> He's the fucking coolest character in the movie. I fucking love Casey Jones. Um, I do think it's weird that he doesn't realize 
He doesn't seem to notice that it's a giant turtle until like a few minutes into their altercation. <laughs> Right. It's that doesn't seem go. So like uh it's um uh Raphael basically chases these these two guys into the park. Casey stumps in uh and he's gonna beat the shit out of him. Uh <laughs> you did your job now, I'm gonna teach these punks a lesson. Uh and then Raphael's hat falls off. He's in a trench coat and a hat, like they are in the cartoon. Um mm-hmm. and uh what are you, some kind of punker? Man, I hate punkers. God, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, probably my least favorite line of dialogue. What's a punker? What's a punker? Unclear. Something you, know, you don't want to be. You don't want to be around Casey Jones. <laughs> it was like a 35-year-old. It was like, yeah, it was like if I had to write a movie today about some like huge TikTok trend, I would definitely get it wrong. I would definitely <laughs> yeah. add an ER at the end of it. Um. Who plays him in the in the new movies, which I haven't seen? Isn't it the guy from Arrow? Who it's plays Steve Amell. He's it's only in the second one, um, and uh, in in that movie, Steve Amell plays a character named Casey Jones. <laughs> oh, it's not the same. No, it's, uh, there is no, nothing about him is Casey Jones. Why would you fuck with that? Nothing. Let me put it. It's nothing so about awesome. those movies is Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so. Didn't Ryan Reynolds voice him in the cartoon or something? The not the cartoon, but the movie, the CGI movie. Um, no, Chris Evans. It was Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yes. Um, sorry. and I I actually like that movie, quote unquote. Like I, I, I understand what it is, but like I like it. <laughs> um, I like Ninja Turtles, and it's Ninja Turtles. You know? Are they currently doing another one right now, like a new one? There are three projects happening right in august um a a movie directly tied to the latest cartoon is coming out on netflix uh seth rogan is apparently working on an animated one uh casey and colin jost are writing something that bay is producing huh so there are three projects in the work right one's coming we're we're right ahead of when this resurgence is going to happen with Ninja that Turtles. That said, well, well, we are in the a um a video game just came out that's very good. Uh Shredder's Revenge. Uh and then the Cowabunga collection is coming out soon. I saw that. I had I had one of the a couple of those games. I think it was I can't remember what which one it was, but it was on Nintendo. And it was fucking dope. Fucking dope. Um Okay, uh, so uh, Raphael loses uh, Casey when uh, Casey knocks him into a garbage can with a cricket bat. One of the best lines in the fucking movie. Uh, so basically, uh, Casey and Raphael are kind of sparring. Casey's going through his whole like golf club of little like homemade weapons, and uh, Casey takes out a cricket bat and is like, "Cricket." <laughs> cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> I, that line caught my attention also because at first I was like, what a dumb line. Wait a minute. I kind of like that. <laughs> it's like, well said. And definitely as a kid, I probably heard the word crumpet before. No idea what cricket was and it rings true. And doesn't, Kate, doesn't Casey Jones, when he knocks him in the the trash can, say like six points or something it like, was like that? like two runs. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I really love in that scene he chases after him and he gets hit by a cab. The cab driver is fucking great. Great moment by the um, cab driver. And uh, okay, so uh, the the scene goes: there's a guy in the back of the cab who is John uh, Josh Pice, who is Raphael. 
Uh, both the voice and puppeteering. What the heck was that? <laughs> Zach, do you remember the line the cab driver has? I, I just remember the cab driver is like, look like a giant turtle. And he's like, just changes the subject right after <laughs> yeah. that, right? It's look like a giant turtle in a trench coat. You're going to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like a New York cabbie scene yeah. at all. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Right. Um, I, okay. Uh, so that scene follows. So yeah, uh, uh, Raphael's chasing Casey, uh, rolls over the cab. We get that scene. And then we get a, oh, a shot of the skyline and Raphael going, damn! And I remember thinking, that was so adult. This is a grown-up movie for grown-ups. <laughs> it does, definitely has the texture of a grown-up movie. It's yeah. like definitely a kids movie, yeah. but that's the kind of thing like we're missing these days for kids movies. I think is like even the slightest bit of edge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, look like minions are just like literally baby toys with like little like <laughs> r- like inside jokes that adults might get once in a while. Yeah, man, give me some like dirty doors and shit like this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like just rhyme. I remember as a yeah. kid. The movie feeling grown up because like they say damn twice and then bitchin' once later. <laughs> like, which is very silly, but I don't know. Some edge. I mean they knew their they knew their audience. You can't you know, you gotta give them that. They made a young Brian Miller they did. feel like feel like a big boy and he <laughs> fell in love with the franchise for life. <laughs> April runs afoul with police chief Stearns, blaming him for not following up on rumors of a group of thieves known as the Foot Clan. However, a mysterious figure orders April silenced. Uh, Wait, uh, yeah. We, that scene is uh, Shredder st- sitting in the dark watching uh, 20 different TVs show the same. Yep. If you ever find yourself sitting in the dark watching 20, 20 different TVs show the same program, chances are you're a villain. Yep. And then and then he throws a dagger or some sort of uh, sharp ninja implement at one of the televisions with April O'Neil's face, which then breaks through the glass but still proceeds to like staticky show the image, which isn't how that would work. <laughs> Look, that, in the next decade, that's going to be how they're going to sell us more TVs, and they're going to call it Fly Vision. <laughs> I'm not evil. I just like to be surrounded by the same image twenty to thirty times. I guess that is actually a thing that happens nowadays in most people's homes, except for it's different programs on twenty different things. Right, right. Um. So, a mysterious figure orders April silenced. Um, that I'm here to deliver a message is the guy in the Donatello suit. Um, I assume he's not showing his face. (laughs) And he slaps her. Yeah. Gives her a little smack. Hey, it was, it was filmed in the eighties and you know, in those days that was fine. It's, it was, well, it was a message. It was a message. Um, okay. Uh, orders April silence. Wait, I'm sorry. You guys live in New York, both of you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a time anywhere in the city where you will go down and a subway platform will be no one else there but you? I will say at certain times, it's, I, I don't know about Manhattan. <laughs> I, yes, yes, it has happened. Yeah, where every once in a while. And especially if it's like later and I just missed a train, I think that's a plausible scenario where I'd be the only one for at least a little bit. For, okay. It's not. Wow. It's not right. entirely hey. insane. Yeah. Okay. Great. Long enough for you to get mugged by a gang of ninjas. 
We didn't say that. Potentially. <laughs> maybe, but maybe like people started walking down the stairs and they're like, oh shit, I think I think there's ninjas down there. Let's <laughs> Oh god. It's New York in the 80s and ninjas are everywhere. <laughs> um so later that night, April is ambushed on the subway and knocked unconscious before Raphael reclaims his weapon and fights them off. Uh, here is a really dumb, nerdy thing as we talk about this dumb, nerdy movie. Yeah, it's a Smallville podcast where we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's fine. <laughs> it's a little puppetry thing. So like they, they cut to Raphael. He's got both of his weapons back and he's got this like grimace on his face as he fights the guys. The... The puppetry on the faces, I think, was less, like, um, malleable. So there were multiple heads, one with, like, a very angry expression. Later, um, in in later sequels, I think some of the, the, the puppetry would, like, have more expressions, but they were all worse, <laughs> you know? <laughs> of, like, I think it was better to just have that one shot <laughs> with the angry head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, more time is spent on the anger creases. Right. Here's a question, Brian. So there's that, like, iconic picture of one of the turtle suits, like, just having dry rotted away, and it looks horrifying. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that from this movie? I guess I, I imagine so. Am unsh un I don't know. I think it's from one of the sequels, but I don't know. Got it. Um, I think yeah, I did know I, at like, one point, but. Even decades after the, the character is dead, just it looks so <laughs> real and scary just the skin pulling back and exposing yeah. the teeth these things are so well made that even when they're rotting away they're wildly emotion. i mean jim henson it's they didn't have jim henson i mean jim henson died probably two months after they finished filming mm. um or no the movie came out probably after it came out um but they did not work with henson's people again i think in the series oh. and it shows in the puppetry um <laughs> I one thing I noticed in the scene where Raphael is fighting off with his size is that, and this is true for Leonardo, neither of them actually use their weapons. Uh, of course, not in the entire movie. The nunchucks and the what is it? A staff? What does he have? A bow staff. A bow staff. They use those because you right. can use those without stabbing someone. Right. <laughs> but the other two don't seem to use their weapons as they were meant to be used uh, at any point in the movie. Um, do you guys know in Europe what the most controversial Ninja Turtle weapon was? Nunchuck. It was the nunchucks. The nunchucks were... Probably because little kids wanted to use I guess so. Nunchuck. I don't know. But... I had so many nunchucks as a kid. <laughs> because, no, really, because they sold them as toys. Interesting. Yeah. I was uh, one like of them. Soft. They were soft, but still you could yeah. whack the shit out of someone with them. Yeah. Um, I it, was never allowed to have any sort of guns growing up. And uh, I remember a poster, <laughs> painting a real picture of my childhood, a poster <laughs> that said, like, don't give children war toys. And so apparent, so nunchucks count as war toys because that was another on the on the list of things I can't have. <laughs> Never whip it's around so funny, like compared to like the swords, or but um, in Europe, all the scenes where Michelangelo is using his nunchucks are edited out of the movie. Stop it! Yeah, yep. well, and the the cartoons also. There's something where they they like. Um, oh wait, no, I think it was in in the UK. At, they weren't called teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What were they called? Uh, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Hero Turtles, right, right, yeah. 
Because I mean, I mean, like think about it. Of like, ninja has such like a a like very gentle connotation now, probably because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. True, um, yeah. But like, it is kind of the equivalent of saying Teenage Mutant Assassin Turtles, which yeah, yeah. is maybe weird. I guess yeah. in theory. Um, but it's funny, Brian. You say that that like you said it jokingly that like New York was like taken over by ninjas. But like that was the reason that they couldn't they wouldn't say ninja in the UK version because they thought that there was it was like the D&D like satanic panic <laughs> in America. The UK had their version and it was ninjas. <laughs> you guys continue without me for a minute. Great. Um, OK, uh, so Raphael takes uh, April back to their lair. He fails to realize he's being followed. When April awakens, she is introduced to the group and becomes friends with them after learning their origins about being mutated by a strange glowing green ooze that had fallen into the sewers. This is directly out of the first comic. Basically, uh, everything we get there is directly out of TMNT number one. Um, I... (laughs) Uh, there are several disconcerting uh, little Ninja Turtle puppets. <laughs> oh, that's oh my god! And their little montage of how they grew, right? Yeah, yeah. They were a little bit too small, so like the the movements were like just a little too shaky, and they were wet. <laughs> it was. I will say, most of the puppets are wet for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and there is yeah. nothing I trust less than a wet puppet. Wet. Puppet. Oh man, somebody's job is to spritz him down for, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, uh, there was, we were talking about uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, there is a line in here where uh, April is uh, being assured that what she's seeing is not a dream. And she says, Why don't I dream of Harrison Ford? Because um, he is <laughs> I, <laughs> the most handsome, charismatic man alive. Yeah, that line would work perfectly today. Right? There was a couple times where I was like tempted to like I was trying I was like making a bookmark in my brain to make a joke or like you can't make this movie today but like nothing really ever hit me it was like it was all very just like so earnest that like (laughs) all the jokes kind of it it's like don't get me wrong I I don't I don't know if the movie is the most sensitive to like uh uh the Japanese American community yes that wasn't great (laughs) it's not great uh but also I don't think the entire 80s ninja fascination that birthed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the first place was Um, right yeah yeah this problem goes all the way up you know (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah um so uh, April becomes friends with the turtles. Uh, they take April home, stay with her for a time. Um, there is a, uh, I remember any time here in New York City where I pass Bleecker Street, I go, 11th and Bleecker? Nope, this is only 9th Street. <laughs> Which is a yeah. lie. It's the joke is uh, Michelangelo can tell walking through the snow, the sewers by the smell of shit. <laughs> Yeah, he sniffed it. That's what I was right. trying to wonder, if it was like the street smell or if it was like the type of shit. Yeah, no, it's like 11th Bleaker. <laughs> nope, this is only 9th Street. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's really funny then. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, like at 11th Street, there's like a pizza place or something. But no, it's like he knows he knows what his neighbor's shit smells like. Um, but they then they reach April's, uh, the, the shop that he... Uh, uh, April runs that is also uh, her apartment um, and as they're getting out of the sewer April says that uh, I, I 
uh, invite you guys up, but the only uh, only thing I have is a frozen pizza. And then we get a very funny visual gag of Michelangelo. Like, let's go for it. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's a good visual gag. Uh, there's a cartoony little. <laughs> yeah. Because the, they're was, Ninja Turtles. That... They like pizza. <laughs> I, that's what I'd heard. I'd never known that, dude. I would. I don't know if I don't know if it, there's an appropriate time in the recap of this movie, but I would love to talk about the toys sometime. But anyway, I, I had a toy that shot pizzas out of a weird little gun. Oh, um, weird. <laughs> I think so, I, I think uh, I'm vaguely familiar with that. Um, was it just the gun? I think it was either a gun or it might have like been an attachment on one of their shells. Oh, they got it. Forward and shoot it. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs> Because they would make the pizzas and then sling them into the backpack. <laughs> yeah, and pizza's not a war toy. <laughs> so I was allowed to play with it. <laughs> um, so uh, they take April home, stay with her for a time, only to return to find their den has been demolished and that Splinter is missing. Um, that uh, moment was so loud that when he yet when I uh, was it Dantello, it's Raphael. Raphael, that's what I said. When he <laughs> yelled, I was like, star- I was like embarrassed. I was like, I feel like my neighbors might have heard that, and it scared me. <laughs> the same way the the like the the visual cue and the noise of Michelangelo being like pizza was like <laughs> nice, funny. This one like filled me with dread briefly. I actually think it's a it's a good moment. It's they 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 come home. They realize uh, that something is wrong. They realize their den has been sacked. Their father is missing, uh, and Raphael has a very emotional reaction. And I'm impressed with the reaction on the puppet. Uh, honestly, absolutely. in terms of characters yelling no at the heavens shots, it's like. <laughs> Not even close to the top 100 most embarrassing. <laughs> I agree. I True. agree. Yeah. Of those, I mean, there's way more embarrassing versions of that. I agree. Uh, and then punctuated by the man wandering over top of the sewer grate, just being yeah. like, oh, that's New York <laughs> <Yeah>. for you. <laughs> Once again, I've I'm just impressed by those fucking puppets and like, I, I, I don't know. I, Raphael, especially, like, I believe is feeling things. <laughs> You know, of yeah. uh, that's a walking turtle Anakin man. Skywalker energy. Right. <laughs> um, they uh, return with nowhere to go. They return to April's place, and there's a very good like they open, and it's all just the turtles looking like wet puppies, <laughs> like Splinter. Yeah, Splinter. <laughs> Can we crash with you? Yeah. yeah. Our dad was kidnapped by ninjas. Can we hang out? <laughs> Poor rat dad. <laughs> um, okay. Chief Stearns finds that they had arrested April's boss, Charles Pennington's son, Danny, for stealing and uses him as leverage to get April to loosen up about the Foot Clan. In the morning, Charles warns her while Danny becomes suspicious when he thinks he sees Michelangelo. It's a good classic, like, looking over there, and then, oh, they're gone. <laughs> Charles, uh, my man, has a borderline inappropriate relationship with his mm-hmm. employee. Mm-hmm. Showing oh, up at her house yeah. a lot. Yep. A few too many times, Charles. Yeah. Showing up uninvited to her house. And just poking around her house. <laughs> yeah. No. Deeply uncomfortable. Like, it's so weird. Like, maybe this is just 
I don't know if it's it's a sign of the times, okay, or if it's like movies versus real life, but I wouldn't let like I would feel uncomfortable letting a person I just met and was friendly with come and use my bathroom, let alone him and his three <laughs> brothers come in and just live with me. Would never be cool with my boss showing up to my apartment with his kid. <laughs> <laughs> totally inappropriate. This is my sanctuary. <laughs> While you're in your bathroom, by the way. You're yeah. Still- and having to even be like, oh, I didn't want you to see the the poop stains in my in my bathtub. Will that get you out of here? <laughs> it wasn't poop stains, but it was you know. in a, a quote unquote unsightly bathtub ring. Which yeah, right, I don't know ring. what I don't know. Maybe poop does cause bath like bathtub rings. I don't know. <laughs> um while Charles while Charles takes Danny to school, they get into an argument, and Danny runs away to the lair of the Foot Clan, where a large portion of the t- of the city's teenage and outcast populace has been welcomed. This is, of course, uh, I remember the establishing shot of the warehouse, and this is what we got! <laughs> that There's... sound cue, I know, just... Is that a hammer? I, it could be, it could be. I was going to say, there's a few things going on in that scene that would never happen in a movie today. One is MC Hammer is on the soundtrack. And the other one is that there is a kid smoking a fucking cigar <laughs> in this hideout. A little kid. Yeah. I did not catch that. I love that. Oh, man. It's uh, Sam Rockwell is walking two kids through the warehouse where all the wayward teens are becoming ninjas. That's, once again, <laughs> where some tonal shifts of this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, hey, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that I love that scene. That was, like, maybe my favorite scene, or at least my favorite establishing shot, because, like, and again, talking about Stranger Things earlier, what Stranger Things and what every movie and TV show that just makes a play for nostalgia does is like they just like make a list of things, bullet points they got to hit, and they like figure out how to make it happen. This movie, you could tell they loved skateboards, they loved arcades, right? Right. They loved menthol cigarettes. Like these, they actually made them cool. You know, like right. It just felt so authentic. Uh, I the the Foot Clan hideout were like it's just like smoking and partying and then like doing ninja practices is basically what I think cons- conservatives imagine Antifa is doing <laughs> yeah. like right now, wow. like just like doing like fighting practice, playing games, smoking, partying children. <laughs> like I live in Portland. That's what they think Portland is. Oh dude, a hundred percent. Everywhere you go. It's that. It's the Foot Clan from Ninja Turtle. Um, I, I Sam I Rockwell is walking is walking two boys through. He's like, "Hey, whatever you want to do, do it." <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the kids is like, you "Got any cigarettes?" And Sam Rockwell <laughs> picks up two cartons, like regular or menthol. <laughs> <laughs> they made it look cool. Was it supposed to look cool? It must have been, right? I thought it was it cool. Sick. It I mean, I think so this was before they weren't they weren't allowed to sell cigarettes to kids anymore. Because I remember when I was a kid, they had candy cigarettes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which you could go buy. Yeah. Now they are candy sticks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. When their leader, the Shredder, uh, we got a big Darth Vader entrance there. Um. Uh. Announces <clears throat> their search for the turtles. Danny speaks up. I actually think the shredder scene here is effective at at least when, at least from a kid's perspective of like that's the fucking oh, yeah. shredder, man. <laughs> oh, and the out outfit is dope. Right. 
I can't yeah. imagine going into this cold. Like I certainly when I saw this movie, I was aware of all of the Ninja Turtle stuff, you know? I don't know if I didn't, but like so like as a kid, I'm like, that's a fucking shredder, man. And he's scary because he's in a fucking movie. Can you imagine being such a badass that you have a second in command whose job it is to walk over and gently pull your cape above your blade? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a job for everyone here at Shredder's Dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Both both Shredder and Tatsu, his his little cape friend, uh, are dubbed (laughs) over. and there's um, it's I, actually this might be a good time to talk with that. Uh, this movie, as much as I love it, as much as I think it's it is a labor of love, it did have some dark. Uh, it was not a union production, and um, those can be yikes. Um, a lot of how this movie was able to be produced so cheaply was you carted in stuntmen from Hong Kong, and then the second they got hurt, they're back on the plane. No compensation. Oh. Like uh, Judith Hogue, who plays April, would not return for the sequels, and it was largely the gross mistreatment of stuntmen. Good for uh, her. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was just Damn. you got hurt, you're back on a plane, uh, which is rough. Uh, I actually never knew that this was an indie movie. It it uh, until the Blair Witch Project. This was the most profitable independent film ever made. So who crazy. who funded this movie? Let me guess. Big Pizza, <laughs> uh, Papa John, uh, Golden Harvest, <laughs> a Chinese company. Oh, oh. so they yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, uh, so uh, let's see. April continues to antagonize Chief Stearns in her report, while the turtles get used to their new living situation. Uh, I think. <laughs> They're watching cartoons, and uh, there's a bit where uh, they're watching a, believe, a Rocky and Bullwinkle fractured fairy tales uh, tortoise and the hare, and Michelangelo goes, do that ninja kick the damn rabbit! (laughs) In high school, I had that, because I was real cool, I had that written on my sneakers. (laughs) Ninja kick the damn damn rabbit. Um, I didn't go on dates in high school. (laughs) Uh, He He was... Brian was spending his nights and weekends out in fields, ninja kicking damn rabbits. <laughs> he was like, he was like one, like one McDonald triad spoke away from being in some real trouble. <laughs> Never once peed his bed, but if he did, but if boy. I did, oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Leonardo and Raphael get into a fight and Raph goes to the roof to cool off while April takes the others on a tour of the thrift store below that she lives above. (laughs) She explains it was her father's thrift store. Uh, Casey spots Raphael from the adjoining rooftop just in time for him to be ambushed by dozens of Foot Clan members. Uh, The battle becomes intense. Uh, Okay, uh, as it's one of my one of my other favorite quotes is uh, at Foot Clan guys on the roof. Raphael take him like, come on, how do you guys expect to beat me? And there's a whole bunch of extra Foot Clan guys. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, Th- that's some serious tood. That's some real New York tood. <laughs> Uh, the battle becomes intense when a beaten and unconscious Raphael is thrown through the skylight. Uh, That's a concussion! (laughs) 
uh, basically a big brawl starts happening in the <laughs> antique store. And I actually think it's overall a pretty good scene. Oh, no, it's great. I love that whole set piece, and it keeps escalating. Right. Um, so much so that at one point, one of the Foot Clan ninjas leaves a, like to the car, I guess, to get a bunch of axes. Yes. And it <laughs> comes back in the room and starts handing them out yes. to everybody. He's like, I knew we were going to need these. That's why I fucking passed them. I, you guys didn't think we were going to fucking you need them, but I brought them. The you said it would need the axes. <laughs> you uh, better have said, an axe and not said, need it. Yeah, no, we said bring us guns, not axes. <laughs> uh, Casey soon joins, and eventually a fire breaks out. I believe caused by one of the said axes. They, yes. they yeah, electrical like the, cord. Yeah. Okay. By the way, when Casey Jones shows up in that scene, I shoot my wad every time. <laughs> it's the greatest. You've got like the electric guitar, like. And it's he's in silhouette, and he's like, eh, "Well, you want to tell me what you're doing, my little red, my little green <laughs> friend over there?" Oh, there's a reason so why great. Casey Jones is the best Ninja Turtles character. <laughs> I also appreciate it's it's not, and not ironically. I love like they all stop fighting and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> Like even the ninjas are like, "What's right. going on?" Um, I believe the the line is, "Who's this guy? Wayne Gretzky on steroids?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, uh, a fire breaks out, and this forces the turtles to retreat as the building burns down. Um, and like honestly, it once again the set piece is great. And like everyone's getting out of there. Casey Jones says that cool, like, "No, I'll take care of these guys. You guys get out of here." <laughs> like, yes, it's so and good. Then once they escape, and the cops start to show up, the second in command guy says, "Ninja, Ninja vanish. vanish! Ninja <laughs> vanish!" In case they were just going to regular vanish. No, you need right. to ninja vanish here. One guy's already halfway out the door. So as Casey's fighting guys off, Casey hears a message from Charles, April's boss, firing her. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> Maybe that's when you could show up to the doorstep, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you show up for every other reason, but you call to fire her. You coward. You fucking coward. Uh, hey, uh, now, that, now that I'm not your boss, you want to go on a date? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, Draz says in chat, hero vanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, they go to April's abandoned family farm to recover. Um, this is actually, like, there are five maybe turtle storylines that come up over and over and over again. They suffer a loss and retreat to the farm is one of the ones that keeps coming up over and over and over again. Um, and I like it every time. I <laughs> love the farm, point, the farm sequence. I love the farm I love sequence. the farm sequence. Um, the 2012 Nickelodeon show, which is not the latest one, does like half of a season. They spend it at the farm. And you know what? It's good. Yeah, uh, at a certain point, that farm's not abandoned anymore. <laughs> um i i like the whole uh rom-com thing we got going on at the farm with casey jones and it's like moonlighting even though there's a scene where he forces a massage on her which i didn't feel great about uh yeah we'll get into that in a second i had my first sexual thoughts probably about that fucking scene oh my god (laughs) okay all right uh let you take over yeah i love it when michelangelo walks in (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Leo is racked with guilt over the argument he had with Raph and begins to meditate as Splinter taught him. Donatello and Casey bond over repairing an old truck. Um, that, I'm just going to put a pause on that right there. Of I actually, I really like Donatello and Casey's relationship. In the comics, that exact scene is with Raphael, hmm. uh, which makes more sense. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, there. the movie, I do think suffers, I get it, the movie suffers a little bit by taking Raph out for a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know There's what I would do so differently, but... There's only so much time I know. for all these turtles. I know. You know? <laughs> um, they didn't know they were going to get a sequel. They had to... 100%. Oh, I, I completely agree. Uh, but it's like that scene is with Raph, and it makes more sense with Raph. <laughs> God, fuck. You know if they made this fucking movie today, Casey Jones wouldn't even be in it till like the end credits sequence right. or something. And it'll be hinting oh, at him. Yeah. Like Shredder's not in it either. Yeah. <laughs> fucking establishing the turtles. Right. Ugh. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, April documents the events by drawing sketches of the turtles. Eventually, Raph wakes from his coma and the four begin training for their return. I really love everything going on in the farmhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the emotional beats hit for me. Um, um, I like when Casey Jones sits on the, the what is it? like? Not a rocking chair. What would you call that? It's a uh, swing. A it's swing. a porch swing. Yeah. A porch swing and it breaks. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good uh, Leo makes contact with Splinter through meditation and invites the others to join him Splinter gives a farewell speech to them a full like Obi-Wan Kenobi situation uh, professing his love for his sons which spurs the four of them to return it's by a campfire they speak to Splinter Kevin Clash gives a great monologue I love that scene a lot <laughs> Splinter Splinter is basically Yoda, but I saw this movie before I saw Star Wars, so I I'm sure when too. I saw Star Wars, I was like, they're just ripping off Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Danny meets Splinter at the Foot Hideout, and here's the story of how a violent ninja named Oroku Saki killed his master, Hamato Yoshi, and he realizes that Saki and Shredder are one and the same. Um, this is straight from the comic. Um, it's so in the cartoon, um, Hamato Yoshi is Splinter. Hamato Yoshi uh, flees to New York, gets caught in the ooze, and becomes Splinter. Uh, the yep, that is that is the '87 cartoon. Um, the movie goes with the comics original with the uh, he was a pet of Hamato Yoshi, uh, and the rat becomes Splinter. Um, and, any iteration, it's a coin toss which way they go. I like both. Um, I think Wait, they sorry, do. So you said you said the eighty-seven, the eighty-seven cartoon. Explain that again. You said Splinter was was uh, Yoshi? in the eighty-seven cartoon. Hamato Yoshi flees Japan, goes to America, lives in the sewers, gets caught in the ooze, and becomes a giant rat man. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. It's and like that doesn't I said, make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, and it's a coin toss what uh, what modern iterations do. Uh, it's the IDW comics, which actually, if if any of this by any chance 
is catching your interest in Ninja Turtles and you're like, hey, I guess I want to see what this is about. The IDW comics that began in 2012 are very good and they split the difference in a very interesting way. Those comics are still running. It's the longest running Ninja Turtles comic. I read it regularly and uh, it's really good. It's worth starting from the beginning. Um, So, upon their return to the den, they encounter Danny hiding out, feeling claustrophobic in the sewer... Which is a is a half yikes, half it's pretty funny. Uh, Casey is not feeling comfortable in the sewer, to which Donatello goes, you're a claustrophobic. To which Casey goes, what are you ta- I've never looked at another guy before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are making fun of Casey Jones there, so that's why it's a we'll half. Let it yeah. slide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although we will not let the joke slide that they say while they're walking through the rain. To get into the sewer, which is uh, now I know what it's like to travel without a green card. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> it's the 90s. It's it, yes, really, it's the 80s. Yeah, that's a no go. Yeah. That's a no. Um, Electric like Gauntlet. Should... Oh, good. Sorry. Electric Gauntlet says sometimes Shredder and Splinter are brothers. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with an iteration where that's literal. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Sorry, Jesse, what were you saying? Uh, oh, no, I just feel like it'd be funny if this movie had a had a disclaimer at the beginning saying, this, fi- this was filmed in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even in 1990, they were like, oh, no, we should cut, we should cut the immigration joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Casey goes to sleep in the truck on the streets and spots Danny sneaking out after everyone's gone to sleep. He follows Danny where the Foot's hideout is and confronts him. Having learned that Shredder has ordered Splinter's extermination, the two rescue him and inspire a group of teens to leave with them. You call this down here and that down there a family? <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say just a great moment. Great, great. moment. You call I think it's funny. Family? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess this is my chosen family. I think it's funny how like these kids are just being constantly brainwashed back and yeah. forth. <laughs> you know? Cause then like what happened? Do they I don't know if in the sequels do they like take care of these kids? Because no. it seems like these kids needed a home forgotten and Shredder about. was giving them that. Fully forgotten about. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's the middle ground where we give them a home that doesn't include like cigars and yeah. cigarettes. <laughs> let him skateboard, let him keep the arcade machine. I'm sure that was hard to get down there. But just <laughs> Take away the cigarettes. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, he follows Danny blah, 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 to rescue him and inspire a group of teens to leave with, with them. The Foot Clan attacks the Turtles' hideout and are ambushed by them and April. Lots of concussions here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of head trauma. I believe there is a little bit, and it's implied that they're by the pile of of ninja teenagers, <laughs> teenagers. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Michelangelo is a little of this and a little of that and fighting yeah. the guys until they're under April who beams them with a lead pipe. <laughs> well, you know what? The turtles are teenagers too, though. So it's only, it's a fair fight. You, great point. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Um, the fight eventually spills into the streets. I love the score here. I don't know. Like, oh, it's so great. It's so yeah. 90s. But like, yeah. It's like this electronic synthy whale, and I love it. Um, then up to a roof where they encounter the Shredder, who like falls down from a poo. <laughs> um, 
I don't know where he falls from. There are no yeah. taller buildings. Right, <laughs> right. The four-story the four skyscraper that New York. I was just gonna. Say, yes, I wrote that down also. Where does he drop from? <laughs> right. Um, I have he to just jumped quick. really high. Yeah. I have to take yeah. a quick piss break before we get to the ending Great. here. I'm so oh, sorry. No, we're not gonna Dancing. know what happens. Let's speculate on um, Brian's piss break. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's gonna piss. I bet you're right. <laughs> hey, we're in agreement. Um, yeah. This did sorry. feel very. It felt th- this part felt very like video gamey, and I don't know when had the video games come out yet. Had any? I imagine by 1990 had to have been at least one. When was Nintendo around by 90? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure then. I don't know, actually. But I know there was a big arcade game. Yeah. I feel like that was arcade game. Must have been big in the 80s. But yeah, just something about this, like the, the whole lead up to the climax is like, all right, you got all the you got the whole Foot Clan you're going to you're going to face. And then they like hit Shredder like one after the other. And they just get, take it out, take it out, take it out until they all fight together as a team or, you know. Yeah. I also appreciate that the climax of the movie is like, the turtles are just chilling at home and they get attacked. True, like, yeah. They didn't have to go do anything, really. They just got attacked and then they fight the bad guys again. Um, yeah. <laughs> question in chat. Did y'all have a favorite turtle grow- growing up? I think everyone's, when you were growing up, was Michelangelo. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and then in my teenage years, it was Raphael. And now as an adult, I prefer Donatello. Hmm. I've never moved on from Michelangelo. Hmm. Brian, favorite turtle growing up? Raphael. Oh, wow. As a kid, it was Mikey, and then it was Raphael in my teenage years. And as an adult, it's Donatello. Uh, I know. I, I, I was always Raphael. My brother was always Leonardo. Uh, and uh, as an adult, I have the very, very strong opinion of don't make me pick. <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> I know. I know. I, it's, it's like being a fan of Cyclops. I do I did. There was a tweet of something like, kids who were into Leonardo all grew up to be cops. <laughs> I think there's definitely something like with these characters and franchises like this when you're a kid. It's like, well, all the other ones are taken. So I think I think that was a large part of it. Oh, Brian, let's do Smallville characters. Which Ninja Turtle are they? Ooh. Clark is Leonardo. Clark is sure, Leonardo. Right? Um, Lex is Raphael. <laughs> Clark is both Raphael and Leonardo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I meant Lex. I meant Lex. Um, yeah. um, uh, Pete is one of the side characters off to the edge who <laughs> is reacting to a Ninja Turtle. No, Pete's like, uh, Pete's got either Mikey or Donatello energy when he's on the screen. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, Lana. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in the home stretch here. Um, Splinter makes his way onto the roof and confronts. So ba- there's a uh, there's a good scene here where uh, uh, Shredder takes out everybody, you fights everybody. Uh, there's a good line where uh, they all huddle up, and Donatello's like, "Who's gonna tell this guy that we're the good guys?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when it cuts back to them and they're like in a huddle, all out of breath. And Mikey goes, at, what, at exactly what point did we lose control here? Great line. Great line. Great. Yeah. 
Um, uh, so uh, they, uh, and it's actually, I think, a really good moment. Leonardo's, oh, the only thing I know for sure is this guy knows where Splinter is. And they all charge. Uh, and uh, Shredder takes Leo down, points a like spear at his throat, um, and goes like, it like basically negotiates with the turtles to get them to like throw their weapons away. Uh, and then mocks them because like, ah, the three of you maybe could have got me if you lost one. And now you're all idiots and I'm going to kill them. Uh, and then Splinter shows up. Um, My man. <laughs> uh, Splinter makes his way to the rooftop and confronts him. After Shredder lunges at him, Splinter dodges and dangles him from the ledge. Basically, uh, uh, Splinter is like has like the nun- Mikey's nunchucks that got uh, Chekhov's nunchucked. <laughs> onto the ladder (laughs) earlier um manages to tangle shredder up into him and has shredder tangling or dangling off the roof um he tries once more to kill splinter forcing him to let go shredder falls into the back of a garbage truck and casey activates the compress (laughs) crushing him which great line reading by kate by uh, what is it, Elias Kotaz? How do you yes, say his name? I, I'm not he sure. He, when he just goes, oops, it's so great. <laughs> and it you so see, great. like, the, the compressor coming down on the helmet, which I'm going to throw yeah. out there is a little extreme for basically a guy who's stealing some TVs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's corrupting that... the youth. Right, right. He's corrupting the youth. But there's also, like, Casey is so casual about. Brutally murdering a mob boss, an active mob boss. He's still got henchmen, very much active. Right. <laughs> I would think twice about killing the guy. Right. Like um, killing someone by trash compactor is a yeah. brutal way to kill someone. It's now. I now what I'd be interested. In, do you guys know how TMNT number one ends? Wait, you, you'll movie? be surprised to oh, learn the the, the, the the comic, the original comic, mm-hmm. which like they made not intending to make another one. It just made money, so like that was a complete story. Um, but uh, it it's very much the same. They meet Shredder on the rooftop. They have a history, and like all that history is going to end tonight. Uh, it ends with Leonardo throwing his uh, katana down and basically telling Shredder to commit seppuku. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, and then when Shredder doesn't uh, commit to an honorable death, Leonardo stab, like runs him through and stabs him. Uh, they do that, use the swords in the comic, huh? Yes. Oh, in those original <laughs> comics, they get pretty fucked up. <laughs> not re- like they go to space in issue five. They're not as like dark and gritty as people say. Um, but like, no, they they were meant for, you know, people their age, uh, Eastman and Laird. Um, but... Um, I, I, but also there's something even more fucked up to me about a trash compactor. <laughs> it's so slow. And it's it's right. claustrophobic and my, and it stinks. Presumably, you know what? He didn't get killed, Brian. He didn't get he he didn't get killed. You're right. He comes back in the next one. <laughs> I had he's to fine. imagine. Yeah. Um, and he's gonna be super shredder soon. Right. So. That is true. That is true. Um. <laughs> So April is rehired by Charles to provide exclusive coverage on the story. Uh, there's a great scene. It's that I don't think Wikipedia is uh, uh, Casey kind of moseys over to uh, April and just sort of like, hey, April's like, what do you want? I got a story to do. And <laughs> Casey's kind of like, oh, you, you know, and April's like, you're going to fucking kiss me or what? <laughs> 
No, he complains because she's not worried about him. Right. He's all, he's all <laughs> right. injured. Right. <laughs> By the way, the final needle drop fucking kills. 9.95. G-U-R-T-L-E-R. Oh, oh, oh. The, got it. That one. Uh, uh, oh, right, right, right. Uh, so April and Casey kiss, and then uh, Donatello goes, 9.95, which is like, as oh, if he's yeah. rating it, but that's a song that's later yeah. in the credits. Uh uh so the turtles cheer them on. Danny reunites with his father, and the teenagers also turn themselves in and provide a location to Chief Stearns to the Foot Clan hideout. I believe I believe Sam Rockwell says that it is East Lairdman Isle. Uh which is uh Eastman and Laird created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh fine. Uh, but uh, and then it, it finally it's not in the Wikipedia. I can't believe they don't have it here in the Wikipedia, but they're on the rooftop and uh, they're they're trying to come up with a, uh, a, a fun phrase to say. And uh, Raphael's is bitching uh, totally tubular, dude, <laughs> uh, to which uh, Splinter says, I always liked Cowabunga and the Cowabunga. And then we get that that T-U-R-T-L-E power. Um I had forgotten about that song, and it just warmed my heart hearing it. <laughs> so good. Um, just maybe you want to go out and find some, some, uh, you know, some no good wayward youth doing bad stuff in the subways and beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> Give them concussions. Um, final thoughts on? Uh, I, I'm just going to scan real fast to see if we have anything super interesting here. Um, we nailed all of the the cameos. We have all the voices. Yeah. I uh, liked it so much during this rewatch that I wanted to fire up the next one afterwards. And I'm I might. I still might. I know I mean I've seen all three, but I have, I will say, I've never, you know, I've always viewed, even as a kid, I thought Secret of the Youth was a huge step down, not as, not, wasn't as big into it. This was the first, I, I watched it immediately after, uh, and it was the first time I was able to just watch it as a live action episode of the cartoon, um, and like had enough fun with it. Um, it is, it, basically, this movie was a huge hit, uh, in 1990 it was sort of controversial because like it is kind of grimy it is kind of violent um and uh parent groups were having none of that shit and uh secret of the ooze dials it back a lot oh, man. <laughs> i uh, guess it was a good good like long play because it's still today like a huge children's franchise so you yeah. know a, a new movie is coming out on netflix august 4th um, which I will be watching the day it comes out. <laughs> Ninja Turtles uh, 3, I got to see an advanced screening of, and it was wow. the highlight of my fucking life at that point. I was so stoked for that Would movie. Would you like win like a BK Kids Club like, contest <laughs> or something? My friend's mom got tickets. I'm not sure how, but... Wow. Oh, it was like... That movie sucks. <laughs> I didn't feel like it at the oh, time. Oh, no, I no, I liked Don't it as a kid. from him. Um... So uh, I guess I guess that's our show. Uh, Jesse, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, uh, yeah, check out, uh, like, like you mentioned earlier, check out uh, youtube.com slash cracked and take a look at uh, Cannonball and Cracked Movie Club. Hell yeah. 
Um, let's see. This is the Talon mix. It's it's normally about Smallville, and we'll be getting back to that next week. Check out, check out TalonMix.show. That's TalonMix.show uh, for links to our Discord or Twitter, all of that stuff. Um, we are running a, uh, a dumb little drive. If you've listened this far into this podcast, leave a review on our like Apple iTunes page. Once we get 25... Just 25. More people than that listen to this. If we can just get 25 people to leave a review, Zach and I will watch Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, (laughs) which (laughs) neither of us have seen, but I've I've heard the legends that it's really, really bad. (laughs) Um... I forgot what my question was. <laughs> well, Zach, you're gonna have to come up with another question. Do you I know. Have, do oh, you I was have... gonna say, does it count if I leave a review on Apple, on iTunes for our own show? Um, depends if we get close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if if we need it, um, Zach, do you have a question though for the Smallville gods? Hmm. Will uh, the quest for peace? be worse than the episode zero of Smallville season one. Good night, everybody. Yeah!